As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You'll be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Jordan, in this year that has been so upside down, left is right, north is south, we should have known that what it would take to pull the Rams out of this nightmare season is the blue-blue jerseys, which had been considered just the curse of all time. (laughs) And then they put them on on Christmas Day against the Denver Broncos. And lo and behold, it's a blowout victory. Jordan, what was that like uh, to sit there? I mean, the likes of which we haven't seen since 2021. 2018, actually. 51 points where they dropped a 50 burger, or as I like to say, a 50 Krabby Patty for the first time (laughs) since 2018. Um, That was just remarkable. That was a lot of fun to cover because once the floodgates opened, they just, they just went like you could see it, you know, Russell Wilson getting intercepted on back-to-back throws, his second and third throws of the game, Kobe Durant picking him off. And then Bobby Wagner jumped, like just totally squeezing and sitting on that route. I mean, it was just textbook do not throw the ball there. And Bobby (laughs) Wagner was like, guess what? I'm here. And so, um, you know, you kind of knew that, but then they were scoring, the Rams were scoring points on the other side. And I didn't even know what I was watching for a minute. I was like, oh, kind of shake off the rusty, dusty part of my brain that's used to watching this happen because the Rams, Rich, this is the the crazy stat. And I, and I said this to a couple of people up in that press box who are affiliated with the team and they almost couldn't believe it either, but it's true. The, the Rams entered this game only having previously this season scored one touchdown off of defensive takeaways. And the Rams defense, while those takeaways, there was a drought in the middle of the year, they still ranked about middle, upper, you know, upper third of the league in defensive takeaways or stops, uh, certainly in stops, but specifically in takeaways. And after defensive takeaways, the Rams had only scored one touchdown all season and they ended up scoring uh, two what two touchdown th- two touchdowns and several field goals off of these takeaways, <laughs> and twenty three points off of turnovers total, which eclipsed their total points of sixteen heading into the game wow. off of takeaways. I mean, that's that's a tremendous stat in my mind. Yeah, complimentary football. I, I know. Mean, and many... also, shout yeah. out to everybody mm-hmm. who spells it correctly with an e. And not an I. Mm-hmm. I compliment you yes. if you can spell complimentary correctly. Yes, I, I've seen that someplace, and I don't know whether I should say it on this podcast, but I, I see it every time and I go, yeah, somebody really needs to look at that. Um, but uh, yes, complimentary with an E. Although com- you can say complimentary. Wow, the Rams really did well. I'm going to give them a compliment. Maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> Complimentary football. Anyway, if we're getting we're getting into word uh, nerd uh, territory here. But uh, yeah, you know, just just amazing stuff. There. And then look, I, I'm, I'm going to circle back to what we talked about last week. 
it's one win. You know, no, nobody's sitting here declaring the Rams are back. Everything is fine now. 2023 is going to be 17 to no. Like that's that's not what it's about. But but I think when you're at this point of the season, uh, you you take what you can get. You you build on what you uh, what you can put on the field. And and I think this was a step forward in a lot of ways. And I know we're going to get into some of those ways. Uh, but before we do, you just have to say, I mean, the Denver Broncos. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Rams fans, if you think you're in a difficult spot right now, take some solace from the fact that you are not the Denver Broncos. It can always are, get worse. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure it can get much worse than Denver's at right now. I mean, uh, it could have yeah. been Jacksonville last year. Yeah, that would probably be worse. Yeah, yeah that's so it uh, worse. It, it, there's always <laughs> another bottom, guys. There's al- there's always there's always lower. That's but the message get, we want to yeah, we'll take your, that into Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. Take that into 2023. I do it can see always your point, though. I do get uh, continue your yeah. point, Rich, because it is a good point. No, but but how about this? And and there is a little bit of a Rams tie in here because I mean, for those who maybe weren't uh, paying attention the last couple of days, I mean, after that uh, disaster, the uh, Broncos did fire uh, head coach Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, so now they're starting over there again. And you know who knows what's going to go on with their quarterback situation, which is really bad. I'm not a Russell Wilson hater by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know what happened there. I mean, the guy. If, is you talk about that throw to Bobby Wagner? I mean, some of the throws he makes, I just go like, "What? What happened here?" Uh, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but something that was very interesting to me, Jordan, and I, I know you have some some insight on this or some some thoughts. Is it got reported? Um, and I, I, I apologize, I can't remember who first reported it, but it, it was reported that as the Broncos were looking for an interim coach uh, or looking to name one, that they. Uh, they considered or offered, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, uh, Coach Averro, who obviously was with the Rams uh, for a number of years. And he, according to the reports, I don't have firsthand information on this, but according to the reports, he turned down the opportunity to uh, be their interim head coach, which I think is actually a pretty smart move uh, when you're looking at your long term future, which is what you should be doing as a as a young coach looking to build yourself. But what did you think about that, Jordan? And, and you know, we didn't really get to talk about him but, uh, leading up to the game. He's done an extraordinary job there with that with that defense. You talk about all the things that Denver had been going wrong there um, up until this week. Uh, the defense had been a real uh, kind of strength for them. So what, what do you think's going on there with him? And what do you think maybe the future holds uh, for him? Yeah, really, really hard to have a top 10 defense with an offense that is last in the league in almost every metric and and sort of quantification. And still, Ajiro Evero was able to coach a top 10 defense and a top five in some metrics in certain situations. And certainly, uh, red zone and goal line, they were first and the Rams were second. And so it was really interesting. First of all, I think you look at this game as a certain, as a definite outlier about Jiro Evero's resume and and sort of what the Rams were able to do um, because the flood, like I said, the floodgates opened and they were just, um, they didn't punt one time. They scored uh, points on eight, eight of their nine drives. The ninth drive is a kneel down. So we don't really count that. Um, but yeah, you know what, actually, Rich, I can, can, I definitely can confirm that firsthand that, that Jiro Evero turned down that job, um, the interim head coach job. And um, later that day, also, um, George Payton uh, mentioned that, that 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 was the case as well, and that Jiro would interview for the head coach job. And I think that's wise. You definitely want to interview someone um, if you have one good thing about like the dumpster fire that happened over there. And I would say a lot of a couple of those defensive coaches, Marcus Dixon is over there. Um, uh, 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 Christian, uh, who is it? Uh, Brandon Parker, or no, Christian Parker. Uh, the DB's coach, who was getting a lot of hype over there in in certain hiring circles, um, he was the last holdover from the Fangio system, and Ajiro kept him around. Um, there's a lot of talented coaches who are going to be other places are going to be looking at, including the Rams, are going to be looking at a lot of these coaches, maybe even wanting to bring back some of their former staffers as well. And I think that that's that's going to be interesting. I think it's really smart that Ajiro did not take that that interim job. That's a setup for total failure. You don't want to put yourself in a position like I kind of compared it when I was talking to some league people about this yesterday. It was like if if the uh, if the conductor for the orchestra aboard the Titanic could have chosen a different career path in hindsight, do you think he would have? Yes, <laughs> because <laughs> you don't want to take the job that automatically means you sink with the ship. 
Like it just that, that that's just it's just smart planning because Jiro will be a head coaching candidate and certainly will be if he doesn't stick around with this staff, he will be one of the top coordinator candidates on on this cycle and certainly will get some head coaching jobs as well. And so I think it was really, really smart for him to not be associated with someone else's mess, essentially. And also, I think it was a pride thing, too, because Nathaniel Hackett is his best friend since they were in college. And so I think there is a, you know, a, a bit of sort of a stand for something here at the end, because it was it is interesting that they they made the hire. Um, you know, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett did a great job coaching this year. I think that a lot of circumstances were also outside of his control, including the quarterback situation, um, that I don't think anyone expected such a decline when Russell Wilson joined this team. And George Payton was talking about it publicly to reporters earlier this morning in a press conference where he's like, Russell knows he has to play better. And we know that he has to and can play better. And so I think that that's, that's something where, um, that's very circumstantially out of someone's control, but some of the decisions also, you, you kind of felt like he was out of his element. It's really hard to be a head coach. Some people are really great at being coordinators and it's hard to be a head coach and you see whether or not they can hit that learning curve on the converse, Brandon Staley. Um, I just did a thing on around the NFL for the chargers, um, clinching the playoff berth last night and we're recording this on Tuesday morning. And, um, you saw that Miami game was sort of, I think, where he finally he hit that learning curve. And now it, you're starting to see him get in his bag a little bit as a coach and as a defense, as a defensive guy as well. And um, so I think you could see those those moments. And I what I think the problem was, was they didn't see those moments. And then there was so much dysfunction on the sideline. And then after the game, oh um, you know, Odeabushi uh, is appealing a suspension from the league. Randy Gregory is also appealing a suspension from the league uh, because after the game, Randy Gregory uh, hit O'Day and, and O'Day defended himself. And um, it was, you know, it was pretty clear. I found a video I put on Twitter. Um, it was pretty clear that O'Day was like walking away from the situation and Randy Gregory kept um, sort of engaging. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, and clearly that's something that should be appealed and is being appealed. So we'll have more information on that later this week, but that was a part of it too, was that sort of loss of total control of the team and and sort of like this bewilderment of like, what do you even do? How do you even hold this thing together? And it, and it also happened as the Rams are putting up 51 points, which doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them arguing on the sidelines. It looked like they were the offensive linemen and the Rippin we're getting into it. So yeah, not, not a great situation, but not uh, unexpected when they're in and, and really by contrast, I mean, I, th I think we mentioned it last week or a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the, the fact that that didn't happen with the Rams, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to fall into that when your season starts spiraling and you're not meeting expectations and everybody's frustrated and angry and worried about their job. It's pretty easy to, to fall into that. Maybe not fights on the sideline, but, but that type of dysfunction can, can pretty easily seep into your locker room or your sideline and, and that, um, that's why I said a couple of weeks ago, I think I, I give, you know, the Rams and Sean McVay and the leadership a lot of credit there that uh, they were able to hang in there and and really are now turning in some some decent performances, even though, uh, you know, obviously the playoffs are, are out of reach. But uh, really interesting stuff there about about a Jiro and, and kind of his future. And it's not unlike what we talked about a couple of years ago with with Brandon Staley, as you as you mentioned, I, I, I can understand in some circles the temptation. And, and uh, I bet I would feel the same temptation if I were a coach in that situation to say, oh, I got to get that job. It's it's a job. It's it's something that I can grab right now, but it's not always what's best for you in, in the long term. So yeah, would it be uh, good in a way to get that head, co head coaching experience? Yeah, maybe, but it's you don't want to hurt yourself in the long term. And, and this is a guy who is going to have a long-term future, who is going to have opportunities and jobs. And, and it's just about putting himself in that right place uh, right now. And I don't think taking charge of this team is is the right uh, the right spot, the right place. So we're in that season now of uh, that coaching. Time of year. It is that time of year. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, you would expect some some moves with the Rams, too. We don't know what will happen with Raheem Morris necessarily. There's obviously the stuff that's been out there with, about Liam Cohen going back to Kentucky. Uh, we know that already. So. We know every year, Jordan, there, there's going to be some movement. Who knows what's going to happen with Thomas Brown? That's going to be an interesting uh, thing just to see what happens there in, in coordination with some of this stuff. So, um, 
yeah, the 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 the, the cycle begins. I, I know it's always fun for for you beat writers to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's interesting. I I woke up this morning and I was like, holy shit, there's only two weeks of the Rams season left. I know. And it was a weird feeling because I feel like I've just been in go mode since January 2021 when the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford. And it's crazy to think how much has happened in such a short amount of time as we sort of enter the new year here. And yeah. I think what I think is going to be interesting is I I can already tell there's been sort of an emotional shift in Sean McVay in terms of I think that he's super energized by the way his team is fighting and the way that they've stuck together. And I would actually, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And I obviously credit a culture that starts with the head coach and then is carried through by assistants and different personnel, um, support personnel, you know, from Jacques McClendon and pro per in pro personnel to um, the pro personnel guys who are finding some of these new players to the, even the, you know, the equipment guys and the people on staff and, and the player support people who are there with these guys every single day. But I got to give so much credit to the people, the players in this locker room, because you yeah. don't see, you've seen some bad Rams losses. You you've seen a terrible Rams season. You, what you don't see is that type of shit on the sidelines. Right. And what you don't see is, I mean, you saw it with a uh, taco or excuse me, who, who did they sign? Who did they sign now? Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley yeah. It's, I was just like, man, that feels like years ago. You saw it with <laughs> Tack McKinley and Justin Hollins. I'm not saying it's the reason neither are here, but neither of right. them are here anymore. That's not the reason, but it's right. like you don't you don't see those types of things stick. You don't see that recur. And y- these guys have really it's been really remarkable. The the vibes are great inside that locker room. Yeah. And it's because these guys have stuck together and there's a lot of credit that needs to be due to the players themselves for continuing to look at this as what Bobby Wagner said several weeks ago. Basically, you have the tools in your hand and you can either build something good from this time or you can build something bad. Either way, you're going Mm. to build something. Mm. It depends on sort of the habits you form and then the choices you make. And, you know, I I give so much credit to those guys specifically because, you know, on the offensive line, there's at some point there will be this year um, more more unearthed about what it really was that Rob Havenstein did for that group this year. Um, and and the way that some of those guys, even newcomers, O'Day, Matt Scora, um, what Coleman Shelton did for that group on a player level, how those guys as players specifically stuck together with each other. Um, and I think that that these types of things are paying dividends late in the season. I, and I get that it can be frustrating for some fans because it's like too little too late. Right. But I think there's something here where you're if you're not ending the season with this sourness, this like dysfunction and sort of this gloom uh, of swirling the drain because nothing's going right. You can't, you don't have any answers to anything. This is a team that's still working on answers and finding solutions to things that's, that's capable of putting up 51 points Mm -hmm. against a really good defense without nine starters. And with guys who actually would be playing in the third quarter of a preseason game for the, for this team. And I think that that is something to really have like stick in people's craw, right? Like in a good way, because I think that that's just the, the kids are all right is what I tweeted the other day, because I think that this, I think that this is going to be okay. And I also think it's really important, Rich, because there's an energy from Sean that's very different from what it felt like in October and November Mm. of this year. There's an energy of um, accepting essentially what he can't change and understanding that the way forward is, has got to be solution oriented. And I think there's an energy and invigoration that comes from that, that and the fact that he's going to get a full off season to do the things he wants to do with his staff, which he didn't do last year and do the things that he wants to do um, in terms of the preparation that he didn't do last year either. I think that that's, those are some, some factors that, that are really, really invigorating to him. Um, You know, I can't sit there and directly quote him on that, but I'm around this dude every single day. And I just, I just know. And I think that that's really interesting between him, you know, that and Matthew Stafford's 
you know, public commitment and sort of killing of that gossipy nonsense about retirement or whatever, like between those two things together, I think that this team has still got tricks up its sleeve in terms of maximizing where it thinks it could be at in 2023. Yeah. Great point, Jordan. And, and you see it, um, you know, you said you can't quote Sean firsthand, but you see it, you know, every day. And I, I'm a step removed from from it because I'm not there, but I can tell you that I saw even from watching the the videos of of his interviews and things like that. There was a point there in I'm going to say November where you know I started to watch him and I go, man, I haven't seen this before. Like he just I don't want to use the word defeated because that used that sounds a little bit much, but the 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 energy the body language that was coming off of him was not something that i had seen before and and i had seen him after losses after tough times i mean you know 2019 season uh, not easy and, but i saw something there that i hadn't seen before and it made me think i go wow that's not this is tough for him this is this is really tough and and you've seen that rebound you've seen that energy come back and and i think that's really important for a team because it it feeds off of that but jordan i couldn't agree with you more about uh, the players too, and and bringing that energy because it's so easy to fall into that. It's so easy to fall into negativity, into blame, into anger, into ambivalence, whatever it may be. Like when when you show up every day, and you know we're not playing for the playoffs, we're not going to the Super Bowl. You know, it, you know the defense could easily look at the offense and say you guys aren't pulling your weight. The offense can sometimes look at the defense and say you're not making those stops. But it never creeped in. It never creeped into to anything that was at least visible we don't know what happens behind the scenes but but yeah you never heard about it yeah and well you did a little bit at the beginning of the year you know you 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 did hear publicly about you know Jalen Ramsey's comments yeah. wanting to motivate the offense yeah. and in his podcast he talked about these types of things and there were definitely it was definitely frustrating you you heard you know Jalen Ramsey's comments after a game after the Tampa Bay game um those those were I think low points for this team in terms yeah. of the frustration, but it didn't break them. That's the point you're trying to make. And and I agree yeah. with it is yeah. it didn't break them and they didn't let that fester. They didn't sit yeah. in that space and dwell and they didn't, they didn't sort of mope and um, wallow. And I think that those are all, those are all signs of a team that knows it has better days in it and better days ahead. And you're seeing it. I mean, they've won uh, right. two of their last three, and uh, I think that, you know, there's a real opportunity here for them to go out swinging through the end of the season. I know that this game is really important on Sunday to a lot of people in the building and, you know, the players, of course, every game is important to them, but it's going to be really, I think, I think it's going to be fun days for the last couple of weeks, even in sort of like a lost season. And right. really, I almost hate using that word lost season because it's very clear that these guys are still playing so hard and they're still working so hard to try to put some really good stuff together. And you're seeing players who should have a role on, on this roster and, and in this game plan, you're seeing players who should carve out a, a spot for themselves in a rot even in a rotation um, you're seeing them sort of emerge. I think that Michael Hoyt has earned some rotational defensive end steps. That's not to say that they shouldn't go out and get a pass rusher. I will Pound on the table for this, just like I did <laughs> last offseason, almost every single day. And the Rams went out and tried and tried and tried and couldn't get couldn't get it done. They will go out and try again. And, and they need to get this done and they need to figure this out, whether it's draft or trade or whatever. Um, but I think Michael Hoyt has earned a spot in that rotation. Um, Jonah Williams, I think Greg Gaines, they're playing their butts off. Lorel Murchison off the top rope after... Right. 13 days on the team, two and a half sacks in wearing number 52, which I think that that just freaking confused some of the offensive linemen. They're <laughs> like, wait, this guy's out of position. We don't need to worry about him. He should be on the end. And he's in the middle, just wrecking stuff. Yeah. And two and a half sacks just played a heck of a game. Three tackles for loss. Like what a great game he played. He will be fine. He had a stinger and he'll be back this week. Um, he, I thought he showed some intriguing stuff. NC state, you got to love the, the guys out of, you know, the football players, some really, really great football players out of NC state over the last couple of years. And, you know, you're, you're looking at on the other side, um, you know, you always have gotten this steadiness from 
Van Jefferson, but previous to his injury, Ben Skoranek kind of emerged as somebody who had taken that next step forward. Um, Cam Akers, Rich, what a December Cam Akers is having. And you just, you see it every day. I mean, I see, and I note this frequently, although I try to refrain from like hitting the point too hard because I do know that, you know, it, it, I don't want to sound like um, I'm going out of my way to just recognize all of the good stuff that he's doing. He's doing a lot of good stuff in practice every day. Um, he is he's showing up and working really, really hard. There's an electricity there. There's an energy there. He's on the details. Cam Akers has scored six touchdowns in um, what is it? Four December games and uh, became the Rams first hundred yard rusher since well before Last, I mean, last year, I don't even know if they had a single 100 yards rusher, but they definitely have one now. And Cam, yeah. who rushed for 118 yards and had added a bunch of scrim- uh, receiving yard, 29 receiving yards to that number and three touchdowns on Sunday. And you're looking at that and that's great, but you're also looking at some of the past pro work he's been doing. There's a blitz pickup in the red zone that was just outstanding and it helped move the ball. It helped lead to a positive play. And and I think that these are all things that these are, this is detail work. This is a, a product of coaching, meeting the player where he's at instead of um, fitting certain people in certain boxes, just like what does a player need? How do, how do they need to be coached? What is best for everybody in this situation? Um, let's have a two-way communication instead of just dictating sort of, you know, from the top level, uh, what is what the expectation is? You know, Sean McVay's talked about it this week and and talked about it at the time. Actually, sitting down way too far in this escalation that happened a couple months ago, way too deep into it. Finally, sitting down with the guy and talking to him, having a two way c- communication and understanding. You can't just tr- you, you can't just assign a generalization to every player and say, "Hey, meet that standard." You got to coach players where they're at. And Cam Akers is, I think, such a, a a special talent with so much potential. This is the player he always knew he could be. It's just sometimes, and I, I say this all the time in our world, like as a writer or, you know, when you're looking for, for editing and stuff like that is, you know, you know, you can go kick a door down. You just need to know which direction to run in at first. Like the, what, <laughs> what are the steps ahead of that? How do you put those steps together ahead of that you know, impact that you can make. And I think that's, that's where some of the the coaching decisions and some of the, um, the, the open, more open and honest communication takes place. And, and that's something that I think has been a huge factor. I don't think it's a secret that when Thomas Brown takes back over, um, you know, the, or shifts into more of an expanded role with the, with the running backs, um, because Rashad Samples uh, went to Arizona State and took the the receivers coach and passing game coordinator job, which is, a, I think, a great fit for him in terms of um, what his background is in. And and I think that that's uh, I'm, I'm going to sound like an ASU fan, so I'm not going to get carried away. But the recruiting class looks great. Like everything seems good anyway. <laughs> but I think you can't you can't ignore it when Thomas Brown goes back and takes over um, an expanded role in that regard, minus, you know, a position coach. I think that that's a significant changeover. That's a significant difference. And Sean McVay came out this week and, and gave him credit for that as well. So carry that forward. How do you carry that progress forward? It's not just about putting your A-plus players in A-plus positions. It's also about putting your A-plus coaches in A-plus positions for those players. It's not about um, you know, saying, giving someone a title, it's about actually giving them roles within that title. And I think that's a lesson that I, I hope for, for Sean McVay that he he's learned this year, but he's, they have the Rams as a whole, they have to have learned it in order to move this thing forward because there will be new hires. He will be making some changes on this staff. And that is a lesson that has to carry forward into 2023 and beyond and something that I think also has led to a positive change, not just in environment, but also in in just general production and performance late down the stretch. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and and you've you've hit there on the part that really fascinates me, Jordan, and and is the the carrying it forward part because you know we we can talk about what's been going on here, and I'm talking about Cam Akers in in particular here um, over the second half of the season. In the end, I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot, right? I mean, we're going to get to the end of the 2022 season in a couple of weeks, and we're going to look back and say, oh wow, Cam Akers, good story. He turned it around. He was on the verge of being off the team. He was you know, pretty much trying off to the trade team. him. They were yeah. trying to trade him and, Oh, he came back and it was a great story and he performed well and everybody did well. None of that is really going to mean anything unless they carry it over to 2023. And, and that's really the question here is, did they solve the issue? And, and I, I, I don't expect you Jordan to have the answer, but to me, that is the biggest question. And I know it came up the other day uh, with Sean McVay when he was asked about, I, I don't know what the question was specifically, but about would you guys consider trading him or listening to trade offers or whatever it may be. And and Sean's answer was something along the lines of, well, we'd, we'd be stupid to do that, you know, with, with what we've been seeing, you know, over the last few weeks here, I'm paraphrasing all of that, uh, mind you, but, uh, and that's understandable, but to, to me, the question, and I know it's an obvious question, but the question is, did they fix the problem? Uh, because obviously you can't go into 2023 wondering, you can't go into 2023 having these same issues start to pop up again and you have to address them. So that's going to be the really fascinating thing to me, Jordan, because I think it's really important. They have to answer that question. And I know there, there's going to be other changes in that running backs room. You talked about the the changes that could be coming to the coaching staff, whether it's guys leaving, coming in, changing roles, promotions, whatever it may be, it's not going to be the same look. But uh, to me, that's the real fascinating part about this campaign situation is can they carry it over can they take what he's been building on over this last month or so and and bring it into the 2023 season because if they can they've answered a really really significant question and that's one box that you can check off among uh, several that they're going to have to address between now and next september uh, but if they can do that then then that's that's to me, Jordan, that's where you look at this at this, you know, mess of a 2022 season and you find hope and you look at it and you say, OK, these last few games here, maybe they didn't mean anything in the standings. Maybe it didn't. They didn't get you to the playoffs, but you're answering questions. You're solving problems. You're carrying momentum over. And I think that's why we're we're talking with some um optimism here i guess you would say it's not that neither one of us jordan are sitting here saying like oh the rams are back everything's perfect everything's great it's it's you're looking for those signs you're looking for those indications of okay how can they start building this back up how can they start turning things back in the right direction and i think we are seeing some things here and you just have out uh, laid out several of them in the last half hour here we're seeing some things here that that give you hope if you're a rams fan that yes they can start building this back up and get that thing back to the level that we've been accustomed to seeing a few weeks ago um it was a really windy day in thousand oaks as is as tends to happen um and a tree a giant adult tree um uprooted because of the wind and fell on a Rams staffer's car. Everyone was okay. Nobody got hurt, but everyone's surrounding the area and looking at how this could have happened other than of course, these major gusts of wind that are occurring, but it's a full adult tree. You just don't see things like that. Right. Right. So everyone's over there inspecting the tree and 
the recurring sort of comment was, wow, that just lifted clean out of there. It, it's almost like there was no deep, there was no deep rooted um, foundation for this tree. It, it clean, it was a clean break right out of the ground. You couldn't even really see a root ball or any sort of uh, matured roots underneath the ground that would tether it in place. And what I mean to say by that is you can give people all of the fancy titles and all of the the fake promotions and all of the little um, sort of, you know, names, names by assignment and, and change that around as much as you as much as you want. But if you are not following through with duties as assigned and expanded roles, you are the tree that lifts out of the ground and complete disaster happens with no roots to stabilize a foundation um, lower than what you can see on the surface. And the cam maker situation and that tree falling on the car is the exact same thing. Wow. You need to you need to write that. (laughs) But you're right. I mean, that's a and again, I don't I don't want to get into, you know, specific but you, you you can talk about titles, you can talk about even money or whatever, but like that's not that's not the answer. And and uh, you know, like you said, hopefully that's a lesson learned and and something that that can be applied because these situations are going to come up again uh and there there are going to be more opportunities, more choices, more jobs, and more coaches and all of these things and and uh you know uh, more opportunities uh to to get them right. So I I'm I'm fascinated by that by that whole story and by that whole process and and obviously it's something that that as you look to the off season they're going to have to make sure that they get it right this time, and they're going to make sure have to make sure that there's some stability there and some some long term, um, you know, answers. So uh, something to build on over the the last half of the season for sure. But uh, it it has to, as you said, Jordan, it has to build forward going into 2023. So uh, it, just a couple of weeks here left here, Jordan. You said something that um, uh, that I was thinking about, and this is going to be a little bit of a tangent here, but you talked about the chargers and the motivation for, for wanting to, it, it struck me, Jordan, especially now, as we get into a 17 game schedule, um, in, in the NFL, the Rams and chargers should be playing each other every year. And I look around the league and I know not everybody has a, a natural rival, quote unquote, or sometimes that natural rival is in your own division. Obviously, the Rams and 49ers, obviously the Rams and the Seahawks. I mean, these are teams that play each other twice a year, but they really need to have that. And and I, I think for the sake of the NFL, it's a good thing. It's a good and, and maybe even earlier in the season. I mean, this game, the Chargers have already clinched a playoff spot. The Rams are out of it. It doesn't hold a whole lot of meaning. If if these were both playoff teams, if they were both, uh, you know, had winning records right now, it would have a whole different feel. I don't know how you feel about that, Jordan, but I just know, and and it came up in the context, as you know, I, I work in the NHL, uh, uh, editing side, and they are actually talking about adding more regional games to where uh, th- those teams play each other a lot. Like locally, the Kings and the Anaheim Ducks play each other a handful of times a year. They're actually talking about expanding that so that they play more times. I don't know. Is it is that important, Jordan? I mean, is that uh, to have a Rams Chargers game every year? I know they're going to play in the preseason, but preseason doesn't matter. Well, it just the feels- Rams are basically fielding that team. Yeah, the so. preseason part yeah. <laughs> two but i mean you're around it, it and you and you you're around the fans and you, you get a lot of feedback i mean do you, do you think that that matters do you think it would be good to, to have a you know a battle for la every every fall yeah you know what i think um it's kind of a half-formed idea in my head because i i hadn't really thought about it much until recent events not just in the nfl but in college football too i think that the nfl with the the two la teams there's an opportunity there especially in light of some of the movement of Pac-12 teams to the Big Ten um, upcoming in the future, because I think you now have an opportunity to capitalize off of the all of the the marketing and all of the um, excitement that surrounds a crosstown rivalry. Right. Like you're not going to really feel that in USC, UCLA. I think that was so cool earlier this year, by the way. Um, What was it? Those two teams that sold out the Rose Bowl. Like, I just thought that was so cool. And then watching some of the the ways that high school sports, um, they really do it up big in terms of some of those big time games and big time events. And I think that's really missing on an NFL level here. So I think there's a huge opportunity, especially with 
UCLA, like it'll still be a high stakes game when those two play each other. If that, you know, at some point they do, but when they move officially, there's an opportunity to sweep into that space and really amplify the crosstown. And I know, you know, it's kind of awkward because it's like, they're, they're the tenants, they're the tenants of the Rams. So you're like, you're not trying to be jerks to your tenants or anything like that. Or you're not trying to like have a rivalry to your, you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of an awkwardness there, but they practice their, their day-to-day facilities are so far away that from each other, that it does kind of make sense in my mind that, you know, you know, the, the Rams are always going to be the ones that own the the rights to the stadium. It's the Rams. It's it's always going to be that sort of vibe. And I think that that automatically introduces the potential for some really cool chippiness and some really cool, interesting, interesting themes. And I think it would behoove both teams to amplify that type of thing, even if they don't feel it personally. I think that it would really behoove both teams presence in the in the state, in the city to make those types of uh, of marketing efforts and make those types of amplifications because people love that stuff. I mean, people really, really love that stuff. And, yeah. and I think, I think you, you never really saw any, you never like Ram, uh, excuse me, Lakers Clippers and correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, cause I didn't live in, in the, in the area for a long time, but it never really amounted to anything. Right. It was always like, it's the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, like it right. never really, even when <laughs> yeah. the big time players go to to the Clippers and all this stuff, it never, you never really feel like it's, um, you know, that like a really bit bitter and battled. Like there's always kind of like, okay, sweetie, yeah, it's fine. You know? And, and so I think there, there's an opportunity here for both teams with growing fan bases in the area um, to really I- install some some passion and some real some real angst over this thing. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but it to me yeah. it just sounds fun. I may be speaking selfishly too because I would like to cover games like that. You know, I, I would like to I would like to feel out the vibes, man. You know, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to know what that kind of feels like. Yeah, and and it, 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 it great observation. I'm glad you brought the USC UCLA thing into it too, because I think that's really appropriate and really a uh, good parallel. Because yeah, those, those two schools they don't like each other. Like they 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 want to beat each other, and that the two fan bases don't like each other. I mean, there, there's no brotherly love when it comes to that, except that the they've done a good job of leaning into that and and you know playing up the importance of the rivalry. I, it was I, gosh, it's been now probably. 15 years maybe more maybe 20 years that that they started wearing the home jerseys together like they they got together uh, you know they used to do it the traditional way one team wears their whites one team wears their color and then they said you know what we're going to go back to the way it was and i think in the 60s and and every time we play usc is going to wear their cardinal and gold and and ucla is going to wear their blue and gold and and they they agreed on that and it's now one of the the most amazing parts of the rivalry is is they get together under the you know clear blue sky the Rose Bowl and they're both wearing their colors and and it's it's something that they did together because they realized the importance of the rivalry and they build it up and I think they also realized that it it's kind of a rising tide that lifts both of them when when both teams are doing well when they build that excitement when they fill the Rose Bowl like you said uh, it helps both teams it helps their exposure and and I, I think it's a little bit difficult when you're the Rams and the Chargers because you're not playing each other every year I mean I haven't looked at the schedules but I don't know after this the next time that that lines up um so you, you, it's hard to say like, oh, we're going to build that right. It's different with the Rams and 49ers because they play twice a year and then they're in the same state. So you have some of that. Uh, and that I would feel. not say that that has lifted both teams of late, by the way. No, not exactly. Yeah. Not exactly. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's it's at least that rivalry field. It's really hard to build in L.A. because you just don't have that. And you're right. The Lakers and Clippers like it's just they, they don't want nothing to do with each other. Like the Lakers, it just uh, the, the, the Clippers, like you said, are just a minor annoyance the clippers go out of their way to cover up the lakers banners in in uh former staples center there's no sense of like we want to build this together and build it up to something because the lakers feel like they don't need the clippers and eh, 
they, they might be right about that. Uh, but but in this case, I think it, in, when we're talking about the NFL teams, I think it would elevate them, uh, especially being in the same building. They could really hype this up. They could really build it uh, and and you know make it into something that is is beneficial to both teams. But I think it has to start with like it, it has to happen more often. You can't just have it be a once every three years or four years or whatever it is in the regular season because you can't you can't sustain that. I mean, they're like these two planets that are just kind of orbiting around the same sun, but they never really come into into contact with each other. And using other, so. really, really polite voices in public. <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, anyway, it'll, it'll, it'll be really interesting. I don't, I didn't mean to get off on a, on a huge. No, I think it's there, a great but, question. Um, I think it's an interesting one because they're this game. Hypothetically, you know, if the Rams, all things equal, if the Rams are where they should be and where we know that they will be again, like this should be a really, really good matchup. This should consistently be a really, really good game. It was billed. It was it was put at the end of the season because right. the league believed that this would be one of the best games of the season. You know, the Rams imploded and the Chargers are now sort of finding their footing late in the year. But it, it it's, you know, it should it should be a complete really cool game. And, um, you know, I think, I think it still will be a really great game. Um, but it doesn't have the stakes attached to it. So there's really no either. There's not even really a crosstown in my, in my mind. I mean, I know I get it. I know that there are, there's really passionate people in both fan bases and they, they probably maybe feel differently, but in terms of the general branding and the overall big picture marketing of it, like there's no cross town stakes either. So I I do think that this is, um, there's an opportunity here, especially with some of the movement you're seeing in in college football, which has sort of dominated that, that specific niche um, for so many years. Right. Right. What's the Arizona state, Arizona trophy. They have to have some trophy, right? Oh, it's really cool. It's a territorial cup. Didn't win it this year. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's a really neat little like uh, kind of like chalice kind of thing. Okay. Two handles on it. And it's awesome. It's very okay. pretty. It's very right. cool. Yeah. So that, that's but I've part seen of some it. weird ones. The one um, the oh, yeah. the Michigan, Michigan State one. It's I, like I a board. <laughs> I don't know. What's, the Big Ten has some weird ones. Like I like, those, yeah. There's yeah. some very Big Ten ish ones. Yeah. There. Like and the then, brown jug or something. Like, yeah. isn't that, like like a Minnesota somebody. I don't remember who there's. That is. I like the Apple Cup. The Apple Cup gets really heated, too. I think that's a really underrated oh, yeah. rivalry ga- game every single year. Yeah. But I, I love that. It's so good for the sport. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's that applies too in in the NFL. It's just that um, some of the rivalries have been different over the years and not necessarily like crosstown like Bengals Browns has always been really fun. Right. Um, but other than, you know, I just think that there's there's such an opportunity there, specifically if you have two teams in the same general region. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. And I'm not saying, oh, work together, we're buddies or whatever. But but there is an element to that. If you could build that up uh, and have it be something really special, I I do think it would elevate uh, both teams. And by the way, Jordan, I just want to point out for anybody who might be listening, it's Tuesday. There's still plenty of time to do this. The Rams have blue, blue jerseys. The Chargers also have blue, blue jerseys. I think we just do it up. No. Like, what pay pay the fine? What we'll start a GoFundMe, however many million dollars they get fined. Let blue blue versus blue blue. Let's you're flying let's do it. too close to the sun, Rich. That's too much blue. <laughs> I don't like it. You're you're flying to you got you you got your fix with well, fifty one points in blue blue. That was the yeah. cleanse. That was like yeah. the, beet, the beet powder that you put in the smoothie right after the New Year. Like that <laughs> that gets all the toxins out. Now you can mm-hmm. start fresh with right. You can start fresh with uh, right. any jersey combo heading into 2023 because you've sort of saged out the locker room at that point in terms yeah. of the jersey combos. But you can't you can't go too far before it's a clean start. Like you can't go too far mm. onto one side because then you the general universal uniform imbalance. You kind of could mess with some weird spirits and vibes, man. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Uh, it's just, a, you know, we can dream, right? We can. We you can. can. I, I don't think yeah. I think that would look bad. No, I think <laughs> All be, blue. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I think that would be terrible. <laughs> Imagine how fun that would be to cover. Like everybody's just out there in in all blue, and you know, just like the balls just flying around. It would be chaos. It would it's be like wonderful. Blue and navy, and it's like 
just like if God, yeah. if you're and if you're and if you have problems with greens and blues, if you're in your vision, like yeah. you're just screwed, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> It's like when the Rams, I think it was Miles Simmons who who coined this uh, back in the day. Then the the Rams had their all blue, or excuse me, their all uh, yellow color rush, and they played somebody. I can't remember who it was who was all red, and it was like ketchup versus mustard bowl. It was it was <laughs> quite a quite a thing to behold. I did like those yellows. I, I was covering great. the team at the time. I really liked those color rush yellows. By the way, I I lobbied to 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 keep those as part of the uh, of the rotation because I thought they were really good. But who knows? Talk about big storylines during the offseason. That's twenty twenty three. We know that's a big one. There another one more combo. Oh those. man, and potentially a new helmet color. Oh my gosh, there's there's going to be so much to uh, to discuss, and and maybe that's a that's a great uh, pivot point here, Jordan, because uh, a couple weeks left in the season uh thank you to all of our subscribers who have, have stayed with us and uh listened to the podcast supported jordan's work uh we really appreciate you we usually uh we usually plug our our normal discount we do have a, a special discount going this week uh, i I'm, I have to say I'm a little embarrassed. I don't know when it ends, but uh, at least through the end of this week, you can get a uh, a special uh, dollar per month uh, deal at The Athletic to join us. It's going to be a big time. Uh, a lot of stuff that's going on. I know Jordan, I'm, I'm looking at her right now and I can see the ideas just just swimming around in her head uh, for all the great offseason content, all the all the dissection of what happened this season and all the ways uh, that that's going to carry over into 2023. So uh, I want to wish everybody a very happy new year. We'll be back with you, uh, of course, uh, after the Rams Chargers game. And and Jordan, I hope you have a a safe and and happy uh, new year and uh, carry us into the new year uh, on on the right note. Yeah, guys, I wanted to say a quick but very earnest thanks again to everyone who left well wishes um, and kind words. I am feeling a lot better. uh, And it's pretty, pretty, again, a pretty stark reminder um, to take care of yourself and to get yourself checked out if you think something is off, even if it doesn't seem that bad in the moment uh, as as we know uh, now, as I know now, stuff can escalate really quickly. So make sure you're taking care of, of yourselves. We do have a discount running while this podcast uh, publishes. You will still be able to catch the discount. It's a dollar a month discount over on theathletic.com. My favorite thing in the world. Um, but as Rich so loves to remind you all, if you don't catch that discount, you can still swing into the new year uh, with any great discount or any time after that. Because if you subscribe to the athletic through the 11 personnel podcast, you can get my favorite thing in the world, which is in fact, a great discount. Um, Guys, happy new year. This has been, um, it has been a fun year. It's been crazy and it's been wild and it's been uh, very bleak at times, but I do think it's been fun. And and most of that is because we have such a great listener group and such a great subscriber and readership base. And uh, earnestly wanted to thank all of you for that as we do head into the 2023 off season and then back into the season um please stay hydrated please stay caffeinated celebrate wisely into the new year take care of yourselves take care of each other be good to each other and we'll catch you next time